Thanks to Fiverr for supporting the Productivity Show. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Don't waste any more time. Get 10% off and the service you deserve by going to fiverr.com and use code TPS. Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. At the start of the year or quarter, you made a goal which sounded fantastic. You were all in. Now, maybe you're not so sure. How do you know whether the goal you thought was a good idea is a goal worth pursuing for the rest of the year? In this episode, we're going to share three ways you can take a look at your goals and decide whether they're goals you should still go after. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. We'll find out. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 304. And now, on with the show. We are back for another episode of The Productivity Show. Hello, everyone. This is Tam Pham, founder and CEO of Agent Efficiency. And with me, I have Brooks. How are you doing today, Brooks? I'm excellent. How are you? Brooks is the operations director here at Agent Efficiency, the, the systems guy. And uh, he's my co-host. So we always like to talk about productivity and helping you become more productive at work and in life. And Brooks, we're going to be talking about goal setting today. But specifically, how do you know when a goal is worth pursuing? And before we start diving into the content today, one of the things we always like to do and what we're known for is share three of our favorite productivity resources as of lately. So, Brooks, I'm going to hand it over to you. I see you have three here. So what do you have in store for us? Yeah, so the first resource is a screen capture app. Screen capturing is really, really handy when you're trying to demonstrate something, show a problem, communicate something. It's sometimes rather than explaining something that takes a lot of back and forth. You can just send one recording or one screenshot. There's a lot of paid tools that do that, but one of the most kind of famous in a way tools to do that is called Jing. And Jing no longer exists. It's now called TechSmith Capture by the makers of Snagit. So TechSmith Capture is their really simple, really free tool that they use to capture the screen. So that's number one. If you want to try screen capturing with a free tool that goes a little bit beyond what you do with the operating system, check out TechSmith Capture. Number two is an iOS only app. Unfortunately, it doesn't have an Android equivalent, but a lot of people have been using this. We've been hearing about this app from people who are at home with other people in the house. It's called Oh Bother. And what it does is it helps you manage distractions with everyone in your house. So whether you have family members at home, roommates, everyone in the house can set a status and set times when they can't be interrupted. And then the status is visible to everyone in the house via the app. I wish there was an Android version of it. If you know an Android equivalent, let us know. But I know a lot of people who have been stuck at home with their family have been using this app to kind of let everyone know when they need to have focus time. And number three is a share from Marmel, who is on the agent efficiency team, but I've used it as well. It's called Book Depository. So Book Depository is an online book retailer based in the UK but they do free shipping worldwide and it usually have pretty competitive prices. So sometimes there's things that you can't get in your home country, but you can get on Book Depository and sometimes it's different editions and stuff like that. So I'm a fan of Book Depository, so it's nice to know Marmel is as well. 
we're going to have links to all of that in the show notes. So just go to theproductivityshow.com slash 304 and you'll find links there. And if you're listening to us right now on a podcast app, just swipe or look at the show notes there and you'll see the links in there as well. All right, Brooks, let's uh, dive in here. We're going to be talking about how to know when a goal is worth pursuing. How do you actually figure that part out? Because all of us set goals and maybe as a listener right now, you might be thinking, you know, I have a few goals. You're thinking about pursuing a goal, but you're not sure if one is better than the other, if this is the right one for you. Maybe you're in that camp. Or if you're somebody who's already going after a goal, but you have doubts whether it's worth continuing to go after it or not, this episode is for you as well. But also we know a lot of people who set goals and then flame out after a while. They get frustrated. They don't know why they can't cross the finish line. And they want to know why that is happening. And if that is you, this episode is for you as well. I know many of us set goals maybe at the beginning of the year. Some of us maybe set them every single month. Some of us set them every quarter. No matter what time frame you use, I know all of us have set goals before and then we didn't finish them. We didn't accomplish them. Maybe we even flamed out midway through and we, we get really frustrated when that happens. And especially when you are someone who's really ambitious, you want to try to grow yourself, your business, your career. And sometimes you feel even overwhelmed when you have so many goals to choose from. And anytime you fail, it becomes even harder to pick yourself up and say, oh my gosh, I have like two or three things I want to accomplish. What do I actually do here? And which goal should I really pursue? And if you are pursuing something and then you feel like, oh man, I, I don't know if this is the right one for me, or I'm feeling doubtful that I can actually accomplish this. Many of us then, you know, go different direction or feel really guilty about pursuing something and continuing that path. So how do you actually figure out this goal getting process, right? Not just goal setting in terms of figuring out what the goal is, but also goal getting. So how do you figure out what you actually want to achieve and actually if it's the right one for you? Brooks, I'm curious, have you had any experiences yourself? Yeah, I kind of think of this like events where maybe it's April and you're invited to some event or you see you see some event and you think, oh, that would be that would be really good to do. It's maybe a couple months off. And it seems like a really great idea at the time when you're invited to it or when you see it. But then that time rolls around and, and you realize maybe this wasn't such a good idea as I thought it was. And so you've committed to this thing and now it's not really right for you. I think of goals that way too. Sometimes at the start of a quarter or a start of a year, something sounds like a great idea. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to learn to surf or something like that. I just made that up. I'm going to learn to surf and it seems like a great idea, but then you get partway through the year, you haven't really done anything and you realize why am I even doing this goal? It just doesn't make sense. So yeah, I definitely have had examples like that of things, mainly things around like family. Like I think to myself, oh, we're going to be, it would be great if we did X. And my wife and I talk about it, or maybe what usually happens is my wife and I don't talk about it. I just decide uh, that that would be a great thing. Then when it comes to implement it, there's a bunch of reasons why it, it wasn't a good idea to begin with. This is actually a topic that I think is very under discussed. There's a lot of information out there about, like you said, goal setting, about making your goals. And we do, we've done a number of podcasts on that, articles and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of stuff on, on making goals, but I don't think it's talked about as much of what you do when you're midway through a cycle, whatever that cycle is for you. And you need to decide, is this actually something I should be pursuing or not? So that's why we thought it would be really helpful and important to tackle this topic now. We have three tips for you here today. So let's just dive into the first one. 
And that is to think about the big picture and create a strong why. Now, most people who set goals for themselves, they do it because they want to achieve something in the future. And they think that once they achieve it, they will feel really good about themselves, right? You set a goal and you say, hey, I want to lose weight. I want to make X amount of money. I want to accomplish Y thing. Now, once I actually accomplish that, then I feel really good about myself. And when I just said that, it just makes me cringe, right? It's it's the idea of that, okay, if I, you know, delay this gratification all the way till the end of the month, the quarter, the year, maybe you've been there yourself. When once you actually accomplish it, you start to realize, oh, this big event that I've been working towards is actually not that big of a deal. And once once you actually do accomplish it, you may even feel good for like five to ten minutes. And then you go on with the rest of your day, right? And so a big insight that we've discovered from goal setting and goal getting is that it's not just about the outcome that we're shooting for here, but it's also the journey that we're going on and being happy and gratified that we're going on this journey and not just delaying our happiness and gratification, but really just enjoying the process. If you ever study professional athletes, they always talk about the process. We got to follow the process. Or if you're a 76ers fan, you know what I'm talking about. It's, you know, they talk about the process, the process, the process. And the analogy I always like to give people is if when you know how to enjoy the process or the journey, you're going to be happy throughout the whole goal setting and goal getting process so that you know that, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. And I have a direction of where I need to go. And I have some idea of how to get there. Right. So it's kind of like traveling from Los Angeles to New York with a GPS system and enjoying the whole trip. If your dream is to go from one coast to the other, you're not going to be happy until you hit that destination. No, you're going to be happy throughout the whole journey. So as you're driving from Los Angeles and end up in Arizona, and then you go to Texas, and then you end up in somewhere in North Carolina, and you enjoy the stops as you go, but also you're going to run into some roadblocks, right? Maybe you get a flat tire, you can't sleep well in a hotel or something like that. Uh, maybe you get lost somewhere. But this journey is the whole process that we all go through and that you don't want to forget that you want to enjoy this part of it as well. So it's not just about delaying the gratification, but really understanding the big picture, right? But also enjoying as we are going through it because you are going to run into some challenges and we have to keep reminding ourselves why we're doing this, why we are going through this process right now. And that's why the why is so important. And Brooks, you and, you and I have talked a lot about this, but can you explain to people why the why is so important? Yeah, well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that about focusing on the journey, not as much the outcomes. The outcome is important too, but we did a podcast recently on TPS 272, which is called What to Do If You Get Bored Working on Your Goals. And I think that dovetails really nicely with this topic because a lot of times when we think about, oh, should we should we still pursue the the goals that we have? A lot of times the answer is yes, but we've become disenchanted with them for some reason. But maybe there's a lot of reasons why it makes sense to keep pursuing those dreams. It's not just our goals. It's not just about ditching goals that don't make sense anymore. It might be to double down on goals that we've kind of drifted away from a little bit. And that's why the why is so important because you focus on the things that you're doing to get there and the whole reason that you're doing it. Because a lot of times the motivation that we have when we first think of a goal 
if we if we really dig down into it, that's not the reason. We've talked about another podcast, and I'll, I'll pull it pull up the reference. I don't have it in front of me. I'll include it in the show notes about doing the five whys exercise. You you think to yourself, oh, I want to do this because of this. Oh, why is that? Oh, it's for this other reason. Why is that? It's for this other reason. And you dig, dig, dig down and you get to the real core reason that something is important to you. And that's what you can really use to hang on to when you're starting to drift away from your goal. And we have a lot of podcasts and blog posts about this. So one that we're going to include in the show notes is called Goal Setting and Goal Getting, Having a Why. And if you're listening to this, I really recommend checking that resource out because the why, is, when not, when everything else fall, falls away, it's the why that's going to get you through and get you back on track. I think another way of saying this is when you are setting a goal, if you cannot come up with a why that motivates you, you're probably not going to accomplish the goal. And it will be very likely that you will flame out at some point. Because what we have seen, both in our personal lives, but also working with other people, is when you know crystal clear what your why is, what's the driving force behind this this particular goal, then whenever you run into a roadblock or you have a setback, you have something to fall back on and say, hey, this is why I started this. Now I know I can actually you know, fall back on this and continue this because I have the motivation to to do so. And the analogy I always like to give people is you want to basically fall in love with the goal, not just logically, but emotionally as well. Most of us are logically okay with our goal setting and goal getting, right? Oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to save an extra $5,000. Logically, that makes a lot of sense in certain ways, right? But emotionally, we're oftentimes not connected with our goals. And when you can figure out your why by doing the five why exercises, then you actually find out what your emotional connection is to that particular goal, right? So for example, I can say, I want to lose 20 pounds in three months, right? That's a logical thing. And I can logically fall in love with that and say, okay, if I do that, then, right, I'm going to look a certain way. I'm going to feel a certain way, right? Delaying gratification and happiness again, when we're thinking about that. But I also want to, you know, remind myself that I want to fall in love with the journey as I'm going through that, right? But the other thing that's missing for most people is just emotionally being connected to that. And if you ask yourself why enough times, then you'll start to figure out, okay, why do I want to lose 20 pounds? Oh, so I can fit in my clothes. Why do I want to fit in my clothes? So I look better in front of the mirror so I can feel good about myself. Why do I want to feel good about myself? Well, uh, I'm single. I don't want to be alone when I die or whatever reason comes up, right? And so as you start digging deeper and deeper, you start to realize, oh, this is actual the real reason why I want to lose 20 pounds. And once you figure that out, it, sh- it will just stand out. And if you write that particular line down, then anytime you look at your goals, you want to be- remind yourself of your particular why. So now, anytime I set goals now, I try to do this exercise myself. And once I figure out my why, then I will write it down as well. So in my OmniFocus, as part of looking at my goals, I have a I have a line in my notes of the why behind the particular goal as well. So when I'm looking at it every single morning, even if I don't feel motivated to do something about it, just reading that why will usually spark a fire under me and say, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Okay, this is so important to me. I have to do this. Yeah, in fact, if I think about it, anytime that I've made a goal and then I ended up ditching it partway through, sometimes this happens because there's external factors, you know, that's, that's fine. But, or sometimes the situation isn't right, you know, that's fine too. But other times, quite a few times, it's because 
I saw that somebody was doing something that I thought was cool. Like maybe you read an article about somebody who has this goal or is taking some sort of action. And you think, and I think to myself, oh, that would be cool. I should do that too. And that is not a great reason to do something because you, you see someone else doing it. So if I had run that through the five whys filter, I would have seen, yeah, there's not really any real reason for me for this to be a goal of mine. And I would have saved myself a lot of a lot of time and effort. So definitely using that five whys tool is, is really great when you're making your goals, but also when you're evaluating your goals. Plans have a funny way of being turned on their head, don't they? In our business, we had a schedule of things we were planning on working on, and then boom, the world changed. It seemed like it was overnight. In a way, we are lucky because our business is already remote and online, but you may not have been in that situation. If you're a business owner, chances are you're reevaluating the way that you do business. Having a good online presence is no longer optional. It's necessary. Even my favorite pie shop here in town has had to switch to online. Pivoting quickly is hard enough, but finding the people to make it happen and managing them can feel like a full-time job and not the job that you signed up for. Fiverr's freelancing platform helps you find the right talent to build your online business fast. We had a project a while ago where we needed to have some web pages created. I can do it, Tan can do it, other members of the team can do it, but we all had our hands full on other things. It just didn't make sense to hire someone permanently to do this, but it did make sense to go to Fiverr and find an expert. Finding a freelancer on Fiverr was easy and he was such a time and energy saver. We liked how you could see a gallery of past work and what we looked for was people who had high ratings but also high repeat business. If people are going back for more, then you know you have a winning freelancer. With Fiverr, you know you'll get quality talent you can count on. The freelancers on Fiverr have worked with big brands like Google, Netflix, MIT, and PayPal. The way I see it is, if it works for companies like those, it'll work for our small business too. Like I said, you can check out seller ratings and buyer feedback so you can find the right freelancer for you that will work with your budget. So find your talent today at fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order using our code TPS. All the digital services you need are in one place at fiverr.com code TPS. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code TPS. So again, the next time you set goals or you're thinking about pursuing a goal or maybe you're even midway through and you're thinking about giving up, think about your why. And if you don't have one, really start discovering that. And once you see it, you will know if this is actually a goal you want to continue or if you just want to stop and just pursue a different one, right? So that's the first step here. So let's move on to the second tip here, and that is to evaluate your current situation. This is a step that is oftentimes overlooked. And a lot of things that we're going to be discussing today are, like you said, Brooks, things people don't really typically talk about because it's not sexy, it's not cool, but these are the little things that make a big difference. And evaluating your current situation is one of them because when you are pursuing a goal, you want to be crystal clear where you are right now and where you then want to go and what the gap is. What's the distance between that? Because if you don't know what the gap is or the distance between that, you can't come up with the right strategy or the right tactics or building a machine that will help you get you to your goal. Right? So to give you an analogy here, if I told you that we're playing a basketball game right now, right, and you're 15 points behind, 
is it still worthwhile to play really hard and try to win the game? Right? Imagine that scenario for a moment. You're 15 points behind. We're playing a basketball game. My question to you is, is it still worthwhile to play really hard to go all out to try to win the game? And if, when I ask you that question, you're probably going to ask me, well, that depends. How much time do we have left? And the answer to that question will then change how you approach the game, right? So if we're in the first quarter, that means you, you still have three quarters left. That's 36 minutes. And that's very easy and feasible to overcome, right? You can overcome 15 points uh, in three quarters. But if I told you that we only have two minutes left, mm, you know, that's going to be a lot more challenging, right? Because you only have very limited amount of time left to accomplish something that requires so much time and effort that the chances of succeeding is very low, right? So it's probably not worthwhile to try to win the game. So the lesson here is that you have to know the score and where you're starting, because if you don't know what that is, it's kind of hard to pursue a goal and actually accomplish it, right? So once you know that, you kind of know what your strategy is going to be and how you're going to tackle it, and if it's worthwhile to continue to do it at all. And most of us really never think about where am I right now? What's the gap? And if we start thinking about that, you start to realize, oh, you know, if I want to save a million dollars over the next year, but I only have like one dollar in my bank account. I mean, that's kind of an extreme example, right? Very difficult for most people, but most of us never really think about that whatsoever. So I really want to encourage you to think right now, what is your current situation? What is the gap between where you are right now to where you want to go? And once you realize what that is, how does that change if you want to pursue a goal or not, or what kind of strategy you use? Yeah, I literally went through this this weekend. We were over visiting my in-laws house because it was my father-in-law's birthday. So we were there, my kids were there, cousins were there, and we were, my wife and I were talking and my sister-in-law as well. And we were saying, you know, we should really go over there more. They're getting up there in age. You know, we should, we should visit more than we do. And like, how can you argue against that, right? Of course, the kids should visit their grandparents more. Of course, my wife should visit her parents more. My mother-in-law makes amazing Cantonese food, so that's a win for me. <laughs> There's so many reasons why this makes a really good goal. So if I said to myself, yeah, we want to make a goal that we're going to go over to my in-law's house once a week for dinner. Like that is something that we're going to do to try to improve this situation. A million reasons why that is a really good goal. However, if we didn't take the situation into account, that could be a goal that is completely doomed to failure because we typically have a very busy schedule almost every every night. We've got something going on. Kids have homework, soccer, like all sorts of stuff. My wife has squash, all sorts of stuff going on. So is it a good goal? Yes. However, do we have to take the situation into account and make some changes if we want to make that a successful goal? Also, yes. So if we don't do that, then we're going to have to adjust things. So this was a great reminder of this topic just this weekend. My wife reminded me of that. Like if you're going to make a goal, you have to make sure you evaluate the situation. We have limited time, right? We have limited resources. So we have to make an inventory of what's available. And in your case, works so that was making an inventory of your calendar and your time available to visit the grandparents. And if you don't have hours available, then guess what? You can be super excited about your goal. You can be 
jumping up in the air and knowing, yeah, I want to, I want to go, I want to go, and I want to go. But if you have literally no time available on your calendar, uh, and in your case also, you have to align different schedules like your calendar, your wife's calendar, the kids' calendar, and so on, right? Or maybe they have, they don't have a say whatsoever, and you're just, you know, uh, being a dictator at home. That that can work as well. But in that case, you still have to align schedules either way. And that adds another level of complexity as well, right? And so we want to make sure we are always aware of where we are at. So the next time you're setting a goal for yourself or you think about pursuing a goal, really get crystal clear and make an inventory of, okay, where am I at today? How much time do I have available? How much energy do I have available? Do I have the focus to even do something like this? Right. When, whenever we're starting a quarter and we have a big goal, we always make an inventory. OK, what are some of our resources that are available? Right. And for example, if we're creating a new course, then we know that Tian needs to be available and Brooks needs to be generally available. And if they're not available, it's kind of difficult to create a fantastic course because a lot of the specialized knowledge is within us. Right. And so if I already have like three weeks of vacation booked and Brooks has three weeks of vacation booked at a different time. We're probably not going to be around very much to create that particular course. Right. So we made an inventory of that and we said, okay, you know what? Maybe creating that course in this particular quarter is probably not a good idea because Brooks and Tan are gone for the most part. And this is very typical when it's summertime, for example, most of us are traveling and doing other things. So we tried to make certain goals be done in a certain time of the year, right? And we know that summer, most of us are traveling. So we want to pursue a different goal for that reason. And so the big lesson takeaway here again is, you know, whenever you're setting a goal, you're thinking about pursuing something, look at what you have going on right now. Take an inventory of that. Don't overlook this particular step because oftentimes like you said, Brooks, we will be super excited about something. Just think about, you know what? I'm just going to make it happen somehow. And then as you're going through, you start to realize, man, I don't have the resources, the time, the energy, the money, or the focus to accomplish this. And then if you do this over and over and over again, you start to not hit your goals and it becomes like a negative spiral where you don't feel motivated anymore. And then it becomes really difficult to dig yourself out of that hole, right? So really think about what is your current situation, evaluate it, make an inventory list there, and then decide, okay, is this goal worthwhile doing? And this is actually realistic. All right, so that is tip number two here. So let's move on to tip number three, and that is take your goal apart and write down your steps so you don't feel overwhelmed. I mean, how many of you have set a goal before and you go, okay, I'm really excited about this, and then once you start working on it, you go, oh my goodness, this is so much work. I don't know if I'm actually going to accomplish this or not, right? And this is very common. We've seen this with a lot of people, and no matter how excited you are, it's easy to get overwhelmed and it's easy to say, oh, you know what? This is way more than I could chew. Uh, maybe I shouldn't pursue this goal, right? So that's why we always recommend people that you pick your goal apart and really try to break it down as much as possible. And there are, there are certain goals that are easier to do than others, right? So for example, if you want to lose 20 pounds, breaking that apart because it's numerical is a little easier, right? So if you want to say, hey, I have a smart goal, right? That's kind of like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. Most of us have probably heard of that. You could say, hey, you know, I want to have a weight loss goal that is 20 pounds in three months, and that is quote-unquote realistic. You could say, you know what? If I just lose six pounds a month or so, I'm going to hit my goal, right? And that is realistic and manageable, and that's easy to break down. But if you say, hey, I want to launch a new website in this particular quarter, that's a little bit more challenging, right? Because how do you break that down? It's not numerical, 
whatsoever. So how do you break something like that down? And if you run into a goal like that, oftentimes what we recommend that people do is that, okay, you have the outcome, but then figure out what are the first two or three steps that you have to take and just start on that. But then again, also make an inventory what we talked about earlier, right? Giacomo in the chat. Uh, we record these these episodes live with our dojo community. So the dojo members listen along with us, ask questions, share experiences. So Giacomo in the chat asks a really good question, I thought, which is how do you evaluate something if you have no experience at all? Like how do you know what to break down if, if you don't know enough about it? Yeah, I mean, we, we uh, run into that all the time, especially for quarterly goals and we will go in and say, oh, all right, I have no idea how we're going to accomplish this, Brooks, um, but it needs to be done and let's just figure it out. And part of it is just comes with experience over time where the more you do stuff, the better you get at estimating, right? That's one of the big lessons we've learned and shared on the podcast. But also sometimes it's okay to go in and say, hey, let's try to accomplish this and not know exactly what you need to do or having no experience in that particular area. And so that's where if you're really smart, we like to then bring in outside consultants or outside people and say, hey, we're thinking about this goal. We're thinking about doing this and this and this. What do you think? Is that realistic or not? Can we do that? Can we help your, can we have your help with that as well? Right. And so if you have no clue, I would always recommend that you talk to other people outside your circle or inside your circle and say, hey, this is my goal. What do you think? And then see if you can get their expert advice on something like that. And oftentimes you'll get a straight answer and say, oh, yeah, that's totally doable. Or Tan, uh, I don't think that's doable. But if you do X, Y, and Z, maybe it will be. Or if you hire us to do that for you and pay us, then we can make that happen too. And I'm going, oh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you have no experience, there's somebody out there who does have that. So talk to them so that they can shortcut that process for you. Yeah. Also, I think there's a, when it comes to breaking things down, I think there's a misconception that you need to break down every single thing in a project or a goal and have every single part of it figured out and broken down and chunked and know what to do. A lot of times, especially when we don't know what needs to be done, a lot of times we don't know everything, but we may know what's the first thing I need to do. What's maybe the first three steps. You could at least break that off into a meaningful chunk and then you get started and then once you go through that then the next few steps become apparent and then as you go through that the next few steps so even if you don't know enough about it to break down the entire project usually there's certain things initial things that you can do and get started with that like we just had our meeting today where we planned out our next sprint and one of the the big heavy issues in that is something that i just the way it is, I know it's probably me that's going to be doing a lot of it. And as we were talking about today, like I literally have no idea how to do this task in the sprint. However, I do know probably where to start and where to start looking. So I can at least break off that part of it and then move through and break off the rest of it. I was having a conversation recently with a AE customer And we were talking about planning the day and they were asking, is it okay to have a daily goal to work on a certain task versus finishing it because it's so big? And to me, it's kind of the same with breaking down goals as well. Yeah, you could just have your goal to work on a certain project, but that's usually a sign that it needs to be broken down more. So you can have your your goal to get to the end state, but then have your your kind of sub goals broken off 
to these next actions. It's like a GTD thing, right? And your next action. It's the same sort of thing when it comes to breaking down goals. What's the next action? And just focus on that for now. And then the rest will kind of become apparent. I'm glad you brought up that example and that misconception that you have to break everything down into details and have to know every single step because that's that's not true at all. And that's a misconception that I see a lot out there where, okay, let's say you want to publish a book, right? And then if you already know that you want to write 20 chapters, that's really easy, right? You can just like have a task, write chapter one, write chapter two, write chapter three, and so on. And that's kind of easy. But if you don't know how many chapters you want to write, what do you do then? Well, you just start with the first chapter and then you go from there. And then once you finish that chapter, you want to write down what are your next steps? What is the next action? And when we are working inside a team, when we're working on an issue, as we call it, because we use Jira, they call them issues, which is kind of a funny word when you think about it. Whenever we're working on something, we're done and we're making some progress. Oftentimes, one of the best practices we preach within a team is to say, okay, if you're going to comment on that particular issue, uh, make sure to write down what the next steps are so that if someone else picks up that issue, they know exactly what needs to be done next, right? Because we have like a multiple faceted team and everyone can kind of work on everything. And so no one has like true ownership in that sense of like, hey, I'm the only person who can work on this. We have multiple people working on the same issue multiple times uh, throughout the whole sprint. And so it's always really important that when someone leaves a comment that they say, okay, this is what I did today. Here are the next steps. So if someone else picks it up, right, for whatever reason, maybe someone gets sick or something and they have to take it over. Or we had an issue before where someone's internet was, you know, out for a few hours and someone someone else had to step in and say, okay, no problem. I'm going to take it over so we can still finish in time for our sprints. They just need to know what the next steps are, right? So if you can document that, that's really good. And so when you're setting a goal, it's honestly no different, right? Anytime you just get started, you don't know exactly all the steps you have to take. Just get started first on the first two, three steps that you do know. And then anytime you finish, write down what the next steps are. And that simple action will alleviate so many frustrations, headaches. Many people who follow GTD have seen where you know their system breaks down because they never know what the next action is or they can't answer their question, right? So if, if you ever study David Allen, you'll start to notice that one of the biggest pain points and sticking points for most people is just, what's the next action? That's the question he will ask all the time. What's the next action? And most people go, uh, <laughs> no idea. Yeah, that's why you're stuck, right? And it's the same thing here. When when you're setting goals for yourself and you finish something, what is the next action? What's the next step? So really think about that. All right, so that is tip number three here. And uh, Brooks and I were generous enough to say, hey, you know what? Let's just stop here. We're going to add in a bonus tip. And we're going to say having a goal is easy, but executing on a goal is really hard. And so what you want to do when you're setting these goals and you're pursuing something and you know this is the one, right? we want to start thinking about, okay, what kind of habits and systems do we want to create around that? And we've talked a lot about this on the dojo. Uh, if you're a dojo member, you can check out some of the resources we have in there. Uh, one of the courses is called How to Set Up Your Day for Success with the Right Habits and Rituals and also sis- Simple Systems to Stay Organized and Escape Overwhelm. So those are two courses you can check out. And if you're not a dojo member yet, you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo and just enroll for $1 for your first month. And if you want to get better at setting goals and goal getting, 
we have tons of resources inside the dojo, but also uh, on the blog and on the podcast as well. So we'll make sure to link some, to some of those in the show notes. But remember, when you want to get good at this stuff, you have to not just rely on willpower. Right? A lot of people think that getting better at goal setting, golding relies on willpower. That's not true. You really want to start developing daily habits and developing the right systems so that you will get closer every single day to accomplishing your goals. All right, Brooks, we're going to end our show here today. I want to uh, personally thank you. So what is one thing or what is the next step or talking about next actions? What should people be doing based on this episode today? Well, what I would recommend is pick one of your goals if you have them. And if you don't, we'll link to some goal setting episodes where you can make some. It's definitely not too late to start that for the year or quarter or or whatever your time frame is. So pick one of those goals and come up with your why. And don't just come up with the, the first thing that pops into your mind. Do that five whys exercise to figure out the, your core why for that episode. Write it down and then look at your current circumstance to see if it's worthwhile pursuing. And then if it is, commit to it. And if it's not, time to go back and choose a new goal. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Do you wish there were more hours in a day? Are you behind on your to-do list? If you want to be more productive and get proven tools to help you save time, then you must check out our new productivity assessment. Within two minutes of taking this free assessment, the tool will generate a personal recommendation list of which apps, tools, and strategies that will work for you based on your life situation. To take the assessment, just go to theproductivityshow.com quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com quiz. Take their free assessment today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.